and they're not stuffy like the art people. Yeah. And but some but of these artists. artists, oh, some yeah. of these artists, I I think the, some of the best artists practicing today are working in the rock poster field. I'm Tom Davenport. This is the Low Bleed Podcast, where we discuss all things print, design, and entrepreneurship. Low Bleed is brought to you by Bella Canvas and is a production of The Ink Kitchen. Andy McDougall is a legendary flatstock printer. If you were in the flatstock printing community, you definitely know Andy Mack. When you meet Andy, he instantly comes off as your best buddy, your dad, Santa Claus, all wrapped into one. He's a musician, rides a motorcycle, and doesn't own a cell phone, of course. Starting his career in Edmonton and currently residing in Vancouver Island, he's possibly the most Canadian person you will ever meet. We got to sit down with Andy at the Impressions Expo in Long Beach, California, where he was running a live print activation on the show floor. Okay, what's the first question? Andy McDougall? Yes. The history of flat stock printing. You can give us the history or you can give us your history. So let's go, let's do your history. My history. My first print was, I would call it a flat stock print. It was uh, Jimi Hendrix off, I think it, I think it was uh, Are You Experienced? Wow. It was in high school. Teacher said, yeah, this is silk screening. I don't know how it works, but uh, I think you, you put an image on here and then you paint the stencil on. And this is a squeegee. Teacher referred to it as painting, painting a stencil. Yeah, yeah he, oh yeah, yeah, we pa- we did paint it on. It was a hand, so we sketched it out on the on the uh, mesh, um, like we had a drawing below it, and then I sketched it, and then we filled it in, um, and then let it dry, and that was the stencil, and uh, and then we got some ink out, and we started printing, and we were printing on paper, and we were do- we were doing split fountains before. I never knew what a split fountain was. Just come on, let's throw a whole bunch of ink on here, and. Uh, that was, I think I was 16, and that was, I, I had printed that, and then nothing happened in my life. I was uh, playing music when I got out of school, and uh, uh, I don't know, you know, a couple of years of trying to be a rock star of some sort and playing in shitty bars, and uh, I ended up, I had a daughter on the way, and I decided I better get a real job, so started driving a truck for this company and they had these retail stores and uh, I knew how to letter, which my dad had taught me when letter I was press. No letter, just lettering, you know, oh, with, wow. cal- yeah. with calligraphy pens. Yeah. With, and I, I do a little bit of work with Speedball, wash my mouth out, but w- with Speedball <laughs> and uh, that's a cool, I think it's a full circle story because when I was, you know, sitting on the floor scribbling uh, letters with the uh, calligraphy pens, now I, I, we use speedball a lot in the back in the up just a second spot. though. Give us a, give us sure. a little bit of context. So so this is where and when this is in Woodstock, Ontario, um, early sixties, I guess. And uh, so when you were, when you were doing that first print in high school, you're talking early. Oh, 60s. I was sixteen, yeah. so it would have been that would have been 1969. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then you know skip forward a number of years and. Uh, I started driving truck for this company, but they were getting me to do signs on the side. And then the, the owner of the company said, man, we're getting so busy. We need an advertising manager. And I, I kind of go like, what's that? And he says, well, I think you could do it. So next thing you know, I'm doing uh, graphic design and newspaper ads. And we're doing radio and uh, some TV ads. And the guys in the stores asked me to make show cards for the displays because we'd have a sale every Every three weeks, you know, it'd be the super duper sale or the Father's Day sale or the, you know, Christmas sale or whatever. 
So I do a graphic for that and we do a newspaper ad and then they wanted me to make little signs. So I went to the library and I got a book on screen printing and we had a crappy little setup and I used to wash out. It was uh, indirect. Do you, do you remember what the book was? No, no, but it was probably Beagleson or one of those uh, really old books. Sure. And, uh, and then we were getting our films from a guy who had a better screen. He was a good screen printer. And he used to do the films, and he helped me a little bit. And uh, I was over there to get film one day, and he's printing away in the back, and none of his workers are there. And so to get the film, I had to get him through the job. So he started racking, and he goes, hey, do you want a job? Jokingly. And I said, yes, seriously. He says, I can't pay you what they're paying you over there. I says, I don't know. I don't care. I want to learn how to screen print. I really like this. I like making things, and that's what screen printing is all about. So I worked for him for a while. Um, his partners closed the business and sold it out from under him, but they sold me and the equipment to an ad agency. So then I, I worked at the ad agency for a while. You, you were one of the assets that went with I was, <laughs> these guys, and I hated these guys because we used to do work for them. And uh, they were just nasty to me when they'd come in the shop. You know, they were always yelling at me because my boss, he would always put things off. You're, you're talking about the agency that, that acquired Yeah, them. the agency. And so uh, they bought the equipment and they said, would you like to come to work for us? And I said, well, to the owner, I said, well, I would, but that that other guy, you know, he's a real ass, you know. And uh, so they took me out and got me drunk and uh, talked me into it. And the ass became one of my best friends. You know, I was the best man at his wedding and he was at my wedding and, you know, typical story. So um, fast forward, I, I, I worked in Vancouver. I had a fairly big shop, pre-digital. We were large format printers and then we got into making equipment. Uh, we used to make this big uh, parallel lift one arm called a parapress, which the weirdest thing happened this morning on the floor. Guy walks up. He asks about the ink, and he says, yeah, we just we just bought this Parapress. And I said, well, I used to make those. So um, good connection, and they, they print with Banksy and people like that. So um, And the guy says, yeah, I hate digital. I want to do lots of big screen printing. So that's a neat thing to hear and kind of a full circle. Bella Canvas, if you don't know who they are, you should. They produce some of the softest fabrics out there, smooth, print-friendly substrates. Whether analog or DTG, it's a decorator's dream. Tees, tanks, fleece, and crop tops, this is fashion-forward apparel of distinction, designed in LA. And they put out a ton of educational content as well. Check out their website, bellacanvas.com, or their YouTube channel to find decorating resources, business advice, and design inspiration. So uh, we should mention when, uh, when Andy's saying on the floor, we're here at the Impressions Expo Long Beach, uh, 2020. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing here at the show. You well, print activation going. I get this email from this crazy guy, Brett, that I kind of know. And he says, hey, is, you, you want to come down to Long Beach and print live in the middle of the T-shirt show, like posters? And I, I thought, mm, I don't know. And then uh, he sort of told me a little bit about the ink kitchen, and I know Rick a little. And uh, the more he told me about it, the more I liked the idea. So um, I came down here. So we're doing a poster designed by Aaron Draplin, and it's a two-color print. And uh, we're printing live, uh, and we get lots of people walking up. Some people think, oh, what are you doing? Like, uh, are these transfers? Like a lot of people don't know, it's a poster. But um, I, I think I heard from one of the ladies that uh, we're, we're doing it for do, by donation, and it's a souvenir of the 
show, really nice, and uh, it's the benefits go to the Surfrider Foundation, so they're cleaning up the ocean, and um, just amazed, actually, the people picking it up and really like it a lot. It's cool. Very yeah, I mean, cool. this is, uh, of course, this is traditionally uh, an apparel show. It's a screen printing show, but it's for apparel. So I think that seeing flat stock printing is, uh, it certainly is a novelty for a lot of the people walking the show here. But this is your world. So let's talk about flat stock, maybe what you do at the conference at South by Southwest. Um, the status of flat stock printing in the U.S. now, it's its massive. It's yeah. huge. It's an, it's an art scene. It's a craft. It's also a business, though. So tell us a little bit about that. I guess because uh, I played, I've played music all my life, and one of the things that attracted me to screen printing was posters. I love posters, and so our bands always had really, really good posters, and I equate that to full ha- halls. You know, we we would always get good turnouts, and um, so I, I did like posters. And around two thousand and two. I had been in the fine art world and working with fine artists doing limited edition prints. And although it's lucrative and most of the artists are really nice, the gallery scene around that is a little bit, it's not nice. And uh, we would do, say, for instance, we'd do a a run of prints for an artist and they have a show opening. They would ban the printers from the show because they didn't want to confuse the buying public that their so-called print artist doesn't actually print their prints. So I went along with that because the money was good. And uh, and then in two, I think to around 2002, this friend of mine, graphic designer, he said, man, there's this website called gigposters.com. You should check it out. You'd really like it. It's all about gig posters. So I look in there and they had really good forums going. And I, I didn't really know a lot of the players in the game, but um, I, I, I liked it and I participated in the forums and it was about sharing how to do stuff uh, in printing and I'm trying to think the sequence here, but they started to do these things called flat stocks and a guy named Frank Kozak uh, kind of organized the first one in San Francisco and then uh, a guy named Jeff Kleinsmith who's with Sub Pop Records up in... Uh, Seattle, they did a Seattle show. And then uh, a couple of the guys down in Austin, um, they thought they'd make it all official, so it became the American Poster Institute. Yes. And they approached South By, and South By said, sure, we'll put on this flat stock show here. So I write for Screen Printing Magazine, and at the time, um, I thought this is pretty cool, and it was kind of this revival of the rock poster. And there were a couple of books out on it and things like that. So I hopped on my motorcycle and I got a contract from my editor to go to a story about this. So I went down there and all these people that I'd met online, I never knew them. Um, everybody had a face and, uh, I had a great time and it was kind of like, these are my people here. Uh, you know, they like to drink beer. They like to have fun and they're not stuffy like the art people yeah. and but some but of these artists, artists oh some yeah. of these artists i i think the some of the best artists practicing today are working in the rock poster field and um you can see it and and the artists are attracted to it too because there's a freedom to designing uh for for bands where you're not told by a corporate entity to say okay we want the you know use this picture we want it this size do the type this way do that there's a freedom to it and so we see the result of that because you get expression of the music through visual, which is great. 
So I went to the first flat stock as um, just to go down and report on it, and I, I wrote a story about it, and uh, it was very well received. Uh, I got a co- we got the cover on that, and uh, it opened up a lot of people's eyes in the screen printing industry to this cool thing. Then uh, everybody was saying, well, you should come down and uh, do live printing. You know, that'd be really good because a lot of people would walk around and say, well, how do you do this? How do you make these posters? And so they'd start explaining it. So they so were you me. seeing a lot of live printing at this uh, when you went to go report on flats? No, there was no live. Nobody printing. was printing. No, nobody no live was doing activations. That. So some, I don't know, somebody said, yeah, you know, we should get Andy Mac to come down here and you could set up and print. So I went down to Austin um, I don't know which flat stock, flat stock seven or something like that, or six, or I, I can't remember. And um, I went down there. I'd always wanted to go to Austin. I'd never been there before. I go there. We set up. After the first day, I'm kind of going, well, you know, I'm not really making any money here. I guess it's just a nice vacation. And I met all these people, great people, barbecue, you know, a Canadian guy. I'd never really had good barbecue before. And, uh, of course, Lots of fun, lots of fun people. And then the second day, at the end of the second day, I'd been wearing an apron, and I, I actually emptied my apron out, and I had over $1,000. <laughs> and I went, whoa, this is yeah. okay. So uh, that's never happened again, actually. <laughs> I haven't been that lucky. <laughs> but uh, so the flat stock thing has grown, and what's uh, quite amazing is it's now big in Europe, uh, so I've gone to Barcelona twice to the flat stock over there. I've uh, been invited to Rome and taught water base there to a bunch of people. And some of the people that I worked with over there are now heavy into the scene in, in Europe. And then some friends of ours from Mexico, uh, Mercado Rama, uh, it's kind of a cooperative or a collective of artists. And they had always been coming up to the States or going to Europe um, and uh, the the guy there, Ahmed, uh, he was he was always saying, yeah, you know, we got to have this in Mexico City. We got to have it in Mexico City. So four years ago, he wrote to me and he says, we're going to do it. Uh, we're at this Corona Capital Fest, really nice festival. We music festival. It's big music yeah. festival in Mexico City. Yeah. And um, so I went down there and when he, when we did talk to him, he had said, uh, he said, you know, you're probably not going to make any money at this because I don't think the Mexican people are really ready to buy posters. Uh, but you'll have a really good time. We'll really take care of you. And they did. We had backstage passes, um, you know, Green Days there, Foo Fighters, uh, a lot of really good bands. And so we were actually treated like artists there for the first time. Yeah. Which usually we're just an afterthought at some of the events. And uh, it, it's exploded. They, they call it a fish fetish, which is poster fetish in Spanish. Mm. And um, it's, it's become a, a really good thing, really, really good thing. So overall, you know, the, the whole rock poster industry has grown. And most of the guys that I know that are printers for the artists, because a lot of the artists, some of the artists print their own stuff, but a lot of the artists just design and they get printers. Every single printer is overwhelmed and uh, the runs are getting, they're not 100 or 200 anymore. They got, you know, Dave Matthews walks in, they're ordering 6,000 pieces with six or eight colors on it. And um, so some of, the, some of these people are really having to automate, and that's an interesting thing to see. And uh, it's pretty exciting. I, you know, it's not going away. It's definitely not going away. 
Yeah, it's you know when you're talking about um, the the flat stock printing world um, revolving around the music scene, you know the parallels between uh, what you're doing as a flat stock printer um, and an apparel screen printer, uh, and maybe you've seen this here at the show. It's it's amazing, right? Because it's like these these worlds exist around music. And uh, have you seen a lot of that? Have you noticed the the parallels oh, here yeah. Being yeah, yeah. In, in, in involved in our community very, over the last few days? Very symbiotic yeah. relationships going on here. And uh, I actually did a call one column a while ago. Uh, it, basically, if you scratch a screen printer, there's usually either a player underneath or a music hound, and uh, it's quite interesting. Now, I don't I don't know what you know. Somebody could do a study on that, I guess, to find out why. But I don't think you find that in any other industry the amount of musicians that are actually you know it's intrinsically connected music but um and whether you you know you got to have an audience too so all these music lovers but you know we're all printers and it's 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 pretty cool and we see this on the floor here there's a lot of of that going on where i think uh some of the companies that are doing um they're, they're printing fabric uh that they're doing it for bands or you know music events and um a lot of them seem interested in the flat stock side of it and then i think some of the flat stock printers probably go well you know i could probably be doing shirts here uh, because the technology is so similar and uh, other than changing your ink and you know to match the material you're printing on yeah and with um yeah i mean there's obviously great things happening um in in digital it's exciting but um traditional screen printing clearly from what we've seen at this show and uh what you're talking about in the flat stock community it's alive and well it's thriving everybody seems to be doing really really well so print is not dead as they say definitely not dead squirming around on the floor ready to (laughs) to birth some more printers all right, and you got um, you got flat stock coming right up here, uh, mid March, right? Late March? Yeah, I think it's. I, I actually don't know the dates, but it's uh, yeah around the twentieth or something like that. So you're going to be doing live printing activities? Yeah, I, there. I've got a booth there. I got to get some stuff organized. We do about uh, between eight and ten posters. We'll reach out to once we know the artists that are coming. We reach out to them and say who wants to do demo prints. So they send their files digitally. And uh, and then we'll pre-print uh, at one of the shops. They'll give us a little bit of space in the corner. So we pre-print a couple of colors and then finish the posters on site. And so generally we run about 100 pieces. So if we did 10 pieces and we're doing 100 and we're doing three prints, it's 300 times. <laughs> yeah. So you do the math. There's a lot of printing goes on, but it's fun to do. And uh, I think here at this show here, we went through a thousand pieces, no, five hundred pieces of paper, and uh, two colors on there. So a thousand prints over the couple of days. It's good. Andy McDougal, thanks for sitting down with us. Thanks for sharing your story. You are most welcome, and thank you for inviting me down here.